Hi, and welcome to Every Rom-Com Now streaming for the week of May 17th through the 24th, 2021. Hey everyone, thanks for joining us. Jen and I are here to give you some great streaming recommendations, as well as letting you know where you can find some of the movies from recent and upcoming episodes of the podcast. We'd also like to let you know that you can follow the podcast on social media. Our Facebook page is Every Rom-Com Podcast and Blog. Our Instagram is at everyromcom, and our Twitter handle is at everyromcompod. And as always, you can find the podcast at everyromcom.com. Send us feedback at feedback at everyromcom.com. And if you like what you hear, please rate, review, and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts so you never miss an episode. And I'd just like to add that today I've got Luna, my sister-in-law, on the show again. I'm so excited to have her here. And I just wanted really quick, thank you for joining me again, Luna. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Now for the week of May 17th through the 24th, we'll let you know what's streaming. First, here's where you can find some of the movies we've covered on the podcast. So our very first pick, Moonstruck, is still available. It's on Prime, Pluto TV, and Tubi. Longshot is available on NBC, E, Oxygen, Telemundo, Sci-Fi, USA, and Bravo. The half of it is still on Netflix. Bride and Prejudice is on Plex. Ten Things I Hate About You is still on Disney+. Plus. Leap Year is on Peacock. How Stella Got Her Groove Back is now on Hulu, Prime, and Epics. Roman Holiday you can find on Prime, Paramount+, Plus, Criterion Channel, And by the way, Criterion Channel also has other films written by Roman Holiday screenwriter Dalton Trumbo. Crazy Rich Asians is on HBO Max and True TV. And you can find Lost in Translation on Peacock. And the other movies we've covered, you can probably rent from streaming platforms or from your local library, which is always a great option. At the end of most episodes, you'll find recommendations for movies to watch as a double feature with the movie we're discussing that week. And here are some of the double feature recommendations we made for Romance in the Stone. So first of all, for Romance in the Stone, I recommended a series of 80s movies, and I ended up picking one from each year from the years 1985 to 1987. So Romance in the Stone's 1984, and then I picked The Goonies, which has similar themes of adventure, romance, and a treasure hunt, and it's currently on HBO Max. Second, I picked Peggy Sue Got Married from 1986. And it's another great Kathleen Turner rom-com with a time travel twist. You can watch that on Stars. And finally, Dirty Dancing, one of my all-time favorites, is from 1987. And it's the other classic rom-com that shaped my young romantic mind. It's also written by a woman, and it also features a strong female lead. And you can currently find that on HBO Max. And we should be covering that this summer as well. So Sophia recommended films about the writer's life, including Adaptation, currently on Pluto TV. She also recommended watching Michael Douglas in The Kaminsky Method, which is available on Netflix. And season three of that show is coming soon on May 28th. And Serena recommended more 80s films. She recommended Raiders of the Lost Ark, the classic action-adventure romance, which is available on Paramount+. And Fatal Attraction, one of Michael Douglas's most famous 80s movies, available on Showtime. Now we'll get into our recommendations for rom-coms and rom-com adjacent movie and TV shows that are streaming right now. 
So my first pick this week is Sylvie's Love, which just came out in 2020, and it is available on Prime. And it's really a beautiful period piece set in the early 60s in New York. The main characters are Sylvie, played by Tessa Thompson. She wants to be a television producer in a world where she's never known there to be Black female television producers. She meets a similarly ambitious young man named Robert, played by Namdi Asamua. And he is a talented saxophonist and at the beginning of his career. And it starts as a summer romance, but it quickly becomes complicated, uh, both by their other relationships in their life and by their ambitions, because sometimes ambition takes you in different directions. And it becomes kind of an epic story, like an epic love story. It feels like a little old fashioned, like the kind of romantic melodramas you might see in the 40s, Mm -hmm. 50s and 60s. But, you know, that can be really refreshing. You don't see a lot of that type of storytelling these days. And it's accompanied by the same kind of beautiful costuming and set design and attention to detail you might find in those kind of movies as well. I think it's a really good movie for people who are craving romance, uh, craving to be in another era. Um, I saw on Twitter a lot of Black viewers were commending it for being a Black story set in the past that wasn't focused on trauma, but that was just uh, sort of a resting place where you can enjoy a Black story without Uh, being inundated by pain and politics the entire time. And I think that's sort of underestimated how important that can be to have representation and entertainment at the same time. You know, not just like nobody wants to see a sad story all the time, you know? So I think that's a really great thing that Sylvie's Love is doing as well. And I think it's a great movie also for music lovers because Robert's uh, saxophonist character, you know, he's playing in jazz bands and they're, they're also appreciating other music together in a record store. And I thought it was really fun on that level as well. So I would really recommend Sylvie's Love on Prime. That sounds great. So my first pick is Call Me By Your Name. Um, which is currently available on Netflix Portugal. Um, if you're in the U.S., you can check it out on Stars. And this is a movie that is based on the novel of the same name. It was directed by the very talented Luca Guadagnino. I love and, him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's great. And I really appreciated, you know, like the acting performances. So the story follows um, Elio, who is a 17-year-old boy, and this relationship that he develops with Oliver, um, who is a graduate student assistant who's helping uh, Elio's father um, with some archaeological research. Elio is played by Timothée Chalamet, and Oliver is played by Armie Hammer. And basically, they have this really intense and uh, beautiful uh, summer uh, romance, uh, beautiful relationship. I appreciate the powerful chemistry that they have on set and the romantic scenes in which they come together. I also really liked that the teenage relationships in the movie are depicted in a way that feels very natural to me. Mm. And also like this exploration of sexuality, which is very fluid at that time of life. And, you know, even without any, uh, without adding any labels on top. So that was Mm. really nice to see. 
speaking of movies for music lovers, I think a lot of people will like this soundtrack because it has two original songs made for the movie by Sufjan Stevens. And then the rest of the movie also features a lot of uh, classical music. So, and even some of my favorites like Eric Satie and Ryuichi Sakamoto. Can I comment really quick? Um, I have yes. the soundtrack on vinyl and I love, it's oh. one of my favorite soundtracks <laughs> that I own. Like it's one of the records I play the most often. Yeah. Oh, and there's also some so cool. like Italian pop music as well. Yeah. And like, yeah. There might even be three songs by Sufjan Stevens, but maybe yeah, one there, of them is there original. are three. So okay. one of them was just, it had already been written. Like it wasn't oh, specifically it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For, for the movie, but yeah, I love that. And also just the filming locations, um, because this f- film was shot mainly in Crema, which is in the Lombardy region of Italy, are just so beautiful. The cinematography is stunning. And so I feel like the combination of all these factors make the movie feel like a piece of art. So if that sounds appealing to you, definitely check it out. Yeah, you'll get no argument from me. This is one of my favorite movies. Oh, yay. (laughs) Like like favorite movies, period. So romantic or not. So, yeah. And and I think James Ivory did the screenplay and got an Oscar for it as well. If I'm not mistaken, I'll cut Mm -hmm. that out if I'm mistaken. But, yeah, I'm a big fan of Merchant Ivory's work as well. So, nice. Love it. Yeah, it's really great stuff. And it actually made me want to read the book, which I haven't yet, but it's on my list. Yeah, Mm -hmm. definitely. It's a beautiful book. Yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Okay, so my second pick is an old favorite of mine and is called Muriel's Wedding. It's from 1994 and it's on Australian film. And it's currently available on HBO Max. Uh, one of the reasons, like, I think a lot of people would like to watch this movie is it's Toni Collette's breakout role. And, of course, she's gone on to do so many great roles, especially things like recently, like Hereditary and Knives Out. But, like, this is where Toni Collette started. And sometimes I feel sort of like a weird sense of pride because I, I watched a movie where <laughs> I, I loved a movie she was in way before she was famous. And she plays this, this one of the strangest characters Um probably in film history, she plays sort of an ABBA obsessed weirdo who like sits in her room with her ABBA posters and dreams of being popular and getting married and having a wedding dress and all this type of thing. She's so obsessed with being popular that she steals some of her family's money in order for herself to go on this like vacation with all these popular girls. And it doesn't quite, it doesn't quite work out with the popular girls, but she ends up meeting like a really cool friend named, uh, Rhonda and Rhonda is played by Rachel Griffiths, who you may remember as Brenda in Six Feet Under. And those two, when they get together, their friendship chemistry is so great. And she, Rhonda also loves ABBA and there's this really great ABBA performance scene. And Muriel continues to be a little bit nuts. And so the struggle in the movie is like between Muriel trying to be what other people want her to be and Muriel trying to get real and be more authentic to herself. And so there's more comedy than romance, but I think the movie is really centered around struggling with romance at the same time and societal expectations around romance. It's rom-com adjacent. And it's also one of those like movies about friendship, you know, the love between friends. Really recommend this movie, 1994 Australian movie, right during the ABBA Renaissance that came before the Mamma Mia movie Renaissance, which was (laughs) different. 
That's great. I actually haven't seen that one. And I'm interested because, I mean, I don't know. I really love ABBA. So, yeah. you know, I was right away. It seems interesting to me. Just well, the that. Australians always say ABBA. So I pronounce it ABBA because like of Priscilla, Queen of the Desert and Muriel's Wedding. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's how I came to know about ABBA was from those two movies. So that's how I always say it. Yeah, I think I just, it's the Japanese influence for me, you know. <laughs> I mean, the Swe- the Swedish themselves may say ABBA, but like I go yeah. the Australian way, so. <laughs> yeah, that's cute. <laughs> okay, for my second pick, I chose the movie Her from 2013, which is currently available on Tubi um, and can also be rented uh, in various other places. So this is a really um, interesting movie. It's directed by Spike Jones, And in a nutshell, it's about a man named Theodore who falls in love with his AI virtual assistant, Samantha. So I think right off the bat, it sounds pretty interesting, right? Yeah. Um, the cast is really excellent. Uh, you have Joaquin Phoenix. You have Scarlett Johansson, Amy Adams, Rooney Mara, Chris Pratt. And, you know, Joaquin Phoenix and Scarlett Johansson really shine with their performances. Hmm. And it's like a subtle yet very powerful and emotional performance from both their sides. So it's um, it's really great. I also love this uh, soundtrack because the band Arcade Fire was um, involved in, in the making of it. And then you even have one of the main songs, which is recorded by Karen O from the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs. Hmm. So that was, you know, a very beautiful and touching song as well. And, you know, this is a really cool film. It has uh, some interesting sci-fi elements, which I think a lot of people will appreciate. And, you know, it just also makes us reflect on the state of human relationships, our relationships with technology. And also the question of how we want to shape our future with AI. I also really appreciated that I feel that the vulnerability of love and romantic relationships is depicted in the way that feels very raw and authentic. So yeah, definitely watch this one. (laughs) Nice. Yeah, I can't remember who, but somebody also recommended this as a double feature with Lost in Translation. Since, you know... They both yes. have Scarlett Johansson and Mike <laughs> yeah. Jones and Sofia Coppola were married at one time. So exactly. Yeah. For my third pick, I inadvertently picked another movie from 1994, the same year as Muriel's Wedding, uh, which is Four Weddings and a Funeral, which is probably very well known to a lot of people. But if yeah. you haven't seen it, it's a great film. It's available on Prime, Hulu, and Epix right now. And it is a classic rom-com. It stars Hugh Grant and Andy McDowell. But the main couple in this in this rom-com are the least interesting part about the rom-com. Okay, <laughs> like, I, I, they, they're fine, and they have fine chemistry, and I, Hugh Grant's always doing his thing, right? But, like, <laughs> the side characters in this movie and the actors, the British actors that populate the film are so funny, so engaging. Um, you might not recognize some of the names up front, but you'll definitely recognize their faces. You've got Simon mm-hmm. Callow, John Hanna, Kristen Scott Thomas, uh, Rowan Atkinson shows up, of course, Mr. Yeah. Bean. And he's one of the funniest parts of the film. He shows up as a kind of uh, pre- priest minister who flubs his lines basically during a wedding. Hilarious scene. 
Um, it's written by Richard Curtis, who's very famous, of course, in the rom-com world. I am not a fan of Love Actually, so I think this is like 10 times better than Love Actually. His script writing is so much better here, in my opinion. And hmm. um, so if you don't like Love Actually, like, don't worry. <laughs> if you do like Love Actually, hopefully you'll like this even better. And it's a movie where you'll laugh a lot, and then you, you'll cry, too, because remember, there's a funeral in this movie and I have teared up in the past watching the funeral scene. So yeah, if this is a, this is a classic you got to have in your rom-com, you know, backpack, if you haven't seen it yet, is that a, is that a thing, a rom-com backpack? I don't know, but <laughs> get this watched. It's prime Hulu and epics right now. So some of the big ones. Yeah, that's a great movie. So for my third pick, I chose only lovers left alive, a movie from 2013 that was directed by Jim Jarmusch. And I think it's on Xfinity Stream. Um, honestly, you could probably rent it on various platforms. Yeah, and, and it's worth renting, I would say. Yeah, yeah, it's, you know, like for three bucks, you know, definitely do it. Because this is a story about two uh, vampire lovers who are played by Tilda Swinton and Tom Hiddleston. And about their relationships as they try to navigate modern life and figure out their place um, in society. So it's, um, you know, it's kind of a, a different and unique approach to the vampire movie. Um, yeah. There are some excellent uh, performances, like supporting performances, including, um, and I'm thinking of Mia Vashikovska here and John Hurt. Mm. So really great actors. Um, and, you know, it, it, it is very artistic and a bit melancholy in tone, but it's also very humorous at times. And it's packed with interesting literary and musical references, uh, even mm -hmm. scientific references that you might really enjoy. The aesthetic of the movie uh, is really, you know, appealing to me. I just love, like, the texture of the outfits, like the old books, the musical instruments. And it's also, it's shot in Detroit and Tangier. So you have like this beautiful contrast too, you know, of just these two different places. And this is another movie with a great soundtrack, you know? So Jim Jarmusch, uh, he actually has a musical project, Squirrel, and he contributed to the soundtrack, of course. And mm. he also collaborated with um, a lute player and composer, um, Joseph Van Wissem, so, you know, it's just, it's very special. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> I, lo I love that you're bringing all the music into the show. Like, I rarely hear people mention the music, but it's such an important part of so many movies. So. Yeah. And especially with Only Lovers Left Alive, you know, the music just feels like so woven in with the, the narrative. So integral. So, Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so for my fourth and final pick, um, I'm picking a movie that, man, I love this movie. It's I might be one of my favorite. It is one of my favorite Netflix rom-coms. Um, some of the Netflix rom-coms are great. Some of them are, ugh. this one is one of the great ones. It's called Alex Strangelove. It came out in 2018. And it is a rom-com about a teenage boy trying to figure out his sexuality it is written and directed by Craig Johnson, who is a gay writer and director. He also wrote and directed The Skeleton Twins, which fabulous movie if you haven't seen that as well. Huh. And I think you can really tell 
Like, so I have this thing where I always compare in my mind, Alex Strange, Love and Love, Simon. Love, Simon, Mm, I believe, was originally written by a straight woman. And like, there's no problem for me, like with people imagining different lives, right? But Mm. I really feel like you can tell the greater authenticity in Alex Strangelove because it came from a gay writer director. Like, Mm -hmm. Love, Simon just seems too perfect to me to like, you know, oh, coming out is a little hard, but not really hard. In this movie, coming out is really hard, okay? And Mm -hmm. people don't always say nice things. And, you know, the the teenage language, the teenage behavior in the movie has some more rough edges. Some people Mm -hmm. complained about that at the time. They're like, why do we have these characters who are saying, you know, unpolitically correct things? And I'm like, because like, that's life. That's what gay teenagers have to deal with. And so for me, that greater authenticity is part of what makes Alex Strangelove so wonderful, like such a great film. And it's not like dark either, okay? You're not going to be like miserable watching this movie either. It's really funny. Has a lot of great lines and situations. And Mm -hmm. the chemistry between the two, the the male leads um, is amazing. So Daniel Doheny uh, plays Alex, the main character. And then the guy that catches his interest is Elliot, played by Antonio Marziale. And I, mm-hmm. I was like, I was the only movie I can compare it to with chemistry really is Call Me By Your Name. So <laughs> Alex also at the beginning of the movie has a girlfriend played by Madeline Weinstein, who's excellent in her part. And he really loves her, you know, and he's trying to deal with this situation where, you know, his sexuality comes into question. Okay. And yeah. I just think it's great how it shows how complicated life can be when you're that age. It's a beautiful movie. So I watched it again just recently just to confirm what I felt about it the first time. And I liked it just as much, maybe even more. So definitely check out Alex Strangelove on Netflix if you have not already. Mm, I know I will. <laughs> nice. <laughs> For sure. Yeah, because I, I watched Love, Simon, and I really enjoyed it. And so now just hearing this perspective from you, <laughs> I definitely want to check it out. Okay. And for my last pick today, last but not least, I have Last Holiday from 2006. And you can find this on Pluto TV, just so you know. So this is a remake of a movie from 1950, which actually had Alec Guinness in it, which is, I I had no (laughs) idea, (laughs) famous for being in the Star Wars movies. Yeah. and so it's, if you're not familiar with the story, it's about, you know, this very kind department store worker, Georgia, who dreams of being a chef. And basically, when she is suddenly told that she only has a few weeks left to live, ah. she cashes in her life savings, yes, and she goes on a vacation to Europe, you know, self-care. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, the lead is played by Queen Latifah, and her performance as Georgia Bird is so beautiful and heartwarming. Um, and then to boot, you have like this great supporting cast, like you have LL Cool J as the love interest. You have Timothy Hutton, Gérard Depardieu, Alicia Witt, Giancarlo Esposito. So even if you don't know all the names, you'll definitely recognize them when you see them. Mm. And I... I really like the fact that both the lead and her love interest in this movie are just regular folks who work in retail. You know, that's something that maybe you didn't see that much, especially back in 2006. Yeah. So 
they don't have that much money. Their job isn't really great. Um, you know, so as you can imagine, there's even like a scene in the movie where, you know, Georgia could have this life-saving operation, but it's not even covered by her health provider through her job. So it really yeah. highlights the inadequacy of the American healthcare system, which is something that mm -hmm. a lot of people are still like going to. And of course you, you do need this like to, you know, carry the, the plot forward, but mm -hmm. you know, it's still like a little interesting point to consider. Yeah. The movie is, you know, it's, a bit formulaic, but I also just found it very sweet and uplifting. The message that I get from it is that we do make a difference in people's lives by being true to ourselves and, you know, following our joy. Uh, that's basically what happens with our protagonist, Georgia. Um, and she, you know, helps all these people like just while pursuing her own journey. And it's also just a gentle reminder to express love, to tell people we love them and to pursue our dreams so I will still have a chance. Yeah, that sounds great. I previously had recommended um, another Queen Latifah film too called Just Right. And so we got to do a ah. Queen Latifah, we got to do a Queen Latifah film on the main show one of these days. She's been yeah, definitely. So if you like what you've heard today, please rate, review, and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts and or drop us a line at feedback at everyromcom.com. We'd love to hear what you're streaming and loving these days. And we'll be releasing our new episode Thursday on Before Sunrise, featuring Ethan Hawke and Julie Delby. So stay tuned for that. In the meantime, I hope you have a great week. Happy streaming. Happy streaming.